And now we come to the thrilling final episode of our radio drama. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, baby, bring it on! Luke Lipinski. The great Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Devaluing the word great if you follow with Luke Lipinski. <laughs> Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Final hour of the show on a Friday afternoon. This week has been a uh, roller coaster. Would you agree? Yeah, up and down big time. Start on Sunday with that Suns win over Dallas. I mean, (laughs) if you are a Valley sports fan, you probably had in the back of your mind after that game, wow, this is going too well. This This looks really, really good. Yeah. KD's here. He's playing. Just beat Dallas. Beat Dallas because of KD. Yes, because of KD. Booker's averaging 36 points a game with KD. You know you're thinking, like, oh, this is going too well. But then Wednesday gets there, and you're like, all right, game's coming up tonight. All right, we get another game. And then he gets hurt before that. So this is what I want to do, Wolf. For the next few weeks, because there's really no point in being like, hey, what's going to happen if Kevin Durant doesn't play tomorrow? Because we know he isn't. (laughs) Yes. Um, Let's pick a player we're going to watch. For the next, okay. we can do a week at a time. We can do, okay. you want to do a week at a time or you just want to do it until Katie comes back? Yeah, no, just, yeah, we'll do it until Katie comes back. Okay. How about that? Now, I think, I think in fairness, though, for this to have any meaning, we got to set Booker aside because we're all watching Booker, right? Yeah. You don't want to pick Booker. Right. Because it's you implied. That. Of course. Guy went out and put up four. Why? What are you going to say? Who's going who's gonna, to who's gonna lead the Suns in scoring? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> can we play a round of Kevin or Terrence? Yeah. Doesn't no, work. that doesn't or Devin work. and Terrence? Yeah, yeah. it doesn't work. Um, all right, Devin me, or DA. Yeah, it's not bad. Yeah. We need more players whose names rhyme alliteration. on this team. I was kind of excited to see Darius Baisley play the other day, and then yeah. I realized this is this is what we've been reduced see, to. Yeah, you, you were focused on Baisley. I was focused on T. Ross. It was, he's, go? I think he's the answer, right? Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a, a page from the Book of Wolf, though. What if I watch D.A.? Because now I wonder how he's going to respond to KD not really being there. <laughs> you following me here? <laughs> he was so fired up for, for Kevin Durant to be there, and now Kevin Durant's do. not there. Like, that's, we, that's what we need to do is bring back the sound of KD saying, my, you know what, hey, or not KD, D.A., actually saying, um, man, that's Kevin Durant. Yeah. But right now there. we've got to bring that back and say, you know what, I, I've got to show up and I've got to be prepared. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I love DA. Who's going to say that, ladies and gentlemen? Who's actually going to come forward and say that? <laughs> Only DA. Knowing what it does, it implies that you haven't been showing up and been prepared to play. I feel like we're all losing our minds here. I Because... because this is what I would say about the Valley for the last few weeks. We were all really patient, right? An exciting first day with Matt Ishby, okay, takes over, gets the job, and then promptly trades for Kevin Durant. We were all patient. We waited weeks. But now we're being told to wait again. <laughs> like, what's it's, it's regular season games. Nobody's expecting the playoffs to start tomorrow, but there was at least something of, okay, hey, this is what this team's going to look at. It's really like watching the game tomorrow. It is big for the Suns. You still have a chance to catch Sacramento or Memphis for two or three in the Western Conference. And Devin Booker's coming off a 44 point game. Don't get me wrong, I'll be tuned in. <laughs> But you're not really getting any playoff answers now for at least three weeks. No, I know. And it's, you know, I was so looking forward to the next three games. I just can't believe that we were talking about this very thing 
and um, you were talking about uh, how many games they're going to win over the next, what, 10 games and how difficult the schedule becomes for the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, It's just an opportunity that is missed for the Suns and for this team to really go through the fire, walk through the fire with Kevin Durant. It's an opportunity missed that I think really would have prepared them specifically for the postseason. If if he misses, the reevaluation is supposed to happen in three weeks. So that would put it on March 30th. That would, that would mean the next 10 games you don't have KD. Here's your opponents. Sacramento, Golden State, Milwaukee back-to-back, Orlando, Oklahoma City, the Lakers, Sacramento again, Philadelphia, man, man. Utah, and Minnesota. Those are the 10 games that you're pretty confident he's going to miss at least those 10. And then after Minnesota, Denver. Denver twice in four twice games. In four games, yes. And the Lakers and Clippers to close out the season. I, boy, that is tough. That is a tough schedule right there. And hopefully, KD will be back for, what, the last six is what you were estimating? That's the hope, right? I mean, if, if they reevaluate him in three weeks and they're like, yep, everything's good, then you're running him out there against Denver on March 31st. And, and I don't know if they're going to do that. It's just an opportunity. I'm so, I'm so bummed out about the opportunity to see them because I do believe in the competition and the intensity level of that competition and going out trying to play a certain way with with KD in the lineup and the the trial by fire metaphorically speaking that they would have received with Sacramento, Golden State and Milwaukee just those three teams coming up would have really been beneficial I think to Monty Williams in terms of okay what did that reveal about our team what did that three game set reveal about our team where do we need to get better and you know what of uh, where are we okay because those three teams would have told you that I think on both sides of it, the good side and the bad side. Where do we need to go? Yeah, that's it's a hundred percent. That's if if you had concerns that okay, can you really win a title when you trade for your best player at the trade deadline? You know, if you're going to bring in a guy like that, if you have concerns that that's not going to work because it's not enough time to gel. The game starting tomorrow, that three-game stretch, three games and four nights, was an opportunity to be like, you know what, here's a way to fast-track it. Because of what you just said, even if you go 1-2 and or 0-3 in that stretch, you're giving Monty Williams valuable information that he may not now be able to get until the start of the playoffs, honestly, on his own team. Yes. That's that's the concerning part. There's a lot of people out there in the Twitterverse, of course, and you know what I'm going to say, but there's a lot of people out there saying this is good. This is a good thing that Kevin Durant is going to miss games. Teams will not know what's going on with Kevin Durant and how the Suns are going to try to assimilate him into their offense. Teams are, or, or even on the defensive end of the floor, Teams are not going to know what the Suns are going to do with Kevin Durant, which I don't buy into at all. Yeah, I, I, I get the the attempt there, and I understand that's that's probably Suns fans who are just trying to stay optimistic because now you're kind of stuck for a few we weeks. We all want to be optimistic. Yeah. 
And, and there's something to it. Yeah, okay. I mean, the other teams aren't going to, they're not going to get a chance to try and throw all these different looks and, and they're not going to be able to watch and say, okay, well, what did Milwaukee do? Let's try and do that or whatever. Uh, but the problem is the Suns aren't going to get to put their team together. And Monty Williams doesn't get to put his rotations together. Here's the other thing, too. I think teams that are likely to face the Phoenix Suns in the postseason, they they weren't going to try different stuff. I don't think they were going to run out defenses to try to stop Kevin Durant. Why would you show what why would you show the Suns what it is you might do in the postseason? No, that's a great point. I don't think you would. I just wonder if let's say they play whoever, let's say they play the Clippers in the first round, if the Clippers are gonna be like, Well, we saw what Denver did to them on, you know, April third or whatever. Maybe they would look and see if, if somebody in one of these regular season games found something that maybe they could incorporate. But the reality is it just sucks. And Kevin Durant's not playing for at least three weeks. And the Suns now are going to have to find a way to do some pretty important stuff without their full complement of players. All right, we come back. The NFL draft, about a month and a half away. The Cardinals holding that number three overall pick. Which scenario would you most like to see for them at number three? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports. Local sports leader. Hi, it's Wolf and Luke on a Friday afternoon. We talk a little football here. Turn that up. I missed the beginning. Is this saliva? One biscuit. Oh, I, well, I missed the beginning. I just thought it sounded like click, click, boom. Yeah. Now it's glad you don't have the lyrics for Limp Biscuit, <laughs> if you know what I mean, brother. Well, that's probably actually a good thing. I know you like the lyrics because, in your words, it makes it more like art. Well, it's art. <laughs> but it also, in this case, would get our license removed. Um, <laughs> so, right, better off about the worst. Yes. All right, here's a disturbing trend in some of these mock drafts I've seen, okay? I'm looking at two right now. And and this, I actually think, is a very real possibility. So it's the only reason I'm bringing it up. Uh, and there's a lot of unknown with this particular individual. But Jalen Carter, both mock drafts I'm looking at right now, Pro Football Focus and NFL.com. I don't know. I lost it. Um, they <laughs> both... <laughs> They both, it's Friday. I love the play-by-play right there of actually surfing the internet. Yes. What could be more compelling than that? Uh, Jalen Carter going to Seattle in both of those drafts. Yeah. And, and that, actually, if you start to piece it together, you figure at least two quarterbacks are going in the top four. I would argue that there's a really good chance three quarterbacks go in the top four. Okay. Okay. Because you figure somebody, either the Colts are going to love Anthony Richardson or somebody's going to move up ahead of the Colts, ideally, or whatever. Quarterbacks seem to move up this time of year without doing anything anymore because there's nothing else going on. Could you not see Jalen Carter just slipping to Seattle at five? Oh, yes. And them them jumping on Jalen. Yeah, I don't think he's going to slip past them. No, I, I don't think so either, or either if you're from the East Coast. And the reason being, of course, is because Pete Carroll. If you tell me Pete Carroll is still going to be there, Pete Carroll and John Schneider, if they're still going to be there up in Seattle, they love the line of scrimmage. They always have. Offensively and defensively, they love the line of scrimmage. Jalen Carter, I don't think, gets past the Seattle Seahawks at number five. And this is a guy that obviously has a lot of legal questions right now. I'm setting those aside just for the purposes of this conversation because I don't know how that's going to play out. Exactly right. It's all dependent on that. But if if it's just still questions when the draft rolls around, 
I don't really want or think the Cardinals are going to take that chance. And if there's three quarterbacks going in the top four, or even if there isn't, another team might not want to take that chance. Seattle might get a guy at five that a lot of people a couple months ago were talking about as potentially the best player in the draft. Now, the Cardinals did at least get to talk to him. Here's Jonathan Gannon. That's probably a better question for Monty, but we, we monitor the situations of all acquisition pieces, so um, they're on all of that, and uh, we had a good talk with him at the Combine. It was a really good interview, And uh, but, uh, you know, we have our hand on all of those things. Jalen Carter, (laughs) defensive tackle, Georgia. You've probably heard the name Jalen Carter for many reasons this draft season. The 6'3", 314-pound defensive tackle out of Georgia has been at the center of media attention after being arrested on misdemeanor charges for his alleged involvement in a deadly car accident. While final details on the case are yet to come out and Carter stating he will be fully exonerated when they do, the former projected number one overall pick will still bring the power, quick first step, and violent hands that helped him lead the Georgia Bulldogs to the fewest rushing yards allowed per game in 2022. Oh, and also their second national championship in as many years. NFL comparison, Titans defensive lineman and two-time All-Pro second-teamer Jeffrey Simmons. We should just let Jim do every draft capsule. <laughs> Jim, you right? got to do 60 draft capsules. Yeah. You know, forget about going home after after work because we need you to do more draft capsules. Those things Jim. take forever too. And don't let it go to your head, Jim. By the way, as he's not listening, he's, now he's, he's probably recording a draft. Capsule. Okay, so Jalen, yeah, you know what, Jalen Carter, I could see that. Boy, the Seattle Seahawks and their history, I could see them all over Jalen Carter. If in fact we don't get any more. Reports yeah. or any more information that comes out. And at some point in time, that is going to come out. And yeah, I could see him dropping even further. Yeah, and that's absolutely a possibility. Uh, but I don't know that we're going to get a lot of legal answers before the draft. It was, they said the arraignments on April 18th. I, I don't know. Some I, of the facts surrounding facts it. Facts may, yeah. that's And that might totally change. Seattle might look and say, like, no, this we can't do so this. so amazing about this is every professional organization, every NFL team base and audience, they have security. They have their own private investigators, if you will, that research this stuff. And millions upon millions of dollars. Exactly right. So even though you're not going to trial, even though you... These guys have information that they find and discover themselves as they're vetting a player. That happens all the time. The two drafts that I'm specifically looking at here, the the Pro Football Focus and uh, Lance Zerlines on NFL.com, they both have the Cardinals making trades. So we'll start with uh, with Pro Football Focus. Their draft order goes Houston moving up and getting Bryce Young from 2-1. to one. So apparently Chicago really <laughs> convinced Houston they were going to take a quarterback. Uh, so they take Bryce Young. Houston does. And then Chicago drops the two. They take Will Anderson. Carolina takes C.J. Stroud at three. This is probably the worst-case scenario, really, if you're the, the Cardinals. Um, but uh, but Carolina moving up to get C.J. Stroud means the Cardinals get to pick at nine, and it has them taking Christian Gonzalez, the corner out of Oregon. Okay. Now, is Tyree Wilson still on the board? Tyree Wilson, they have him going 
Well, they have him going eighth to Atlanta. Oh, yeah. okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah here. But uh, but if you're wondering about Christian because Gonzalez, if you, were, if you were telling me Tyree Wilson is not number nine right there, you move down if, and you if, get some picks, and you know what? Okay, oh, okay. If you it's could not trade Will Anderson. down and get Tyree Wilson, though, I don't, I don't hate that. Yes, I don't hate that either, or either if you're from the East Coast. But Will Anderson, um, I think he is a rare, special player. And I think he's going to have a great NFL career if he can stay healthy. That's always the caveat, of course. But if he can stay healthy, I think he's going to be fantastic as a player and a guy that everybody's going to want, a great edge player. So I would stay there and not move unless you could move down and still get something of real value because you've got all these other picks that somebody dumps on as well. Yeah, you got to stay top 10 and at least get somebody. Will Anderson Jr., Edge, Alabama. Will Anderson, a beast, a monster, a machine. That's how the edge rusher was described while at Alabama. The two-time All-American finished his college career with 34 and a half sacks, 62 tackles for loss, and more than 200 quarterback pressures over three seasons. He is widely considered the best defensive player in this year's draft. Anderson makes game-changing plays in the run game and as a pass rusher and with an intensity that will make Wolf proud. Scouts would like to see a more consistent motor all the way through the play, but they believe his athleticism and his will could lead to a Pro Bowl career. NFL comp soon to be Hall of Famer DeMarcus Ware. How about those last two things? I mean, if going back to, you know, we play trade or stay, you know, once every once in a while. Um, if, if you could tell me he's going to be a Pro Bowler, Probably worth taking with the third pick. If you tell me he's going to be a Hall of Famer, definitely worth taking with the third pick. Yes, of course. So uh, that went from Pro Bowler to Demarcus Ware. <laughs> Demarcus Ware is a Hall. Of, if you tell me they're getting Demarcus Ware at three, I'm not trading the pick. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Demarcus Ware was very, very good. I don't know about his intensity level. He, he was a guy that was just very talented as well. A guy that was just going to go out there and be a lot more talented than the guy trying to block him. But um, I think the Cardinals, once again, overall, when I think of the Arizona Cardinals and where they are at number three, brothers, I I think they're sitting in a really, really good position right now because I do believe that the Houston Texans, um, I do believe there are teams that are out there right now, like the Texans, that covet that quarterback And so much of the time, you fall in love with one of them. And that's all you need is one team to do that because they'll move up to number one. The Bears are sitting in a really, really good spot because somebody's going to move up to one. Somebody's going to fall in love, say, we're not going to leave it up to some other team to draft. Oh, we'll take the loser of C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. Yeah, We'll take the loser of, no, you're going to go get that guy specifically. You're not going to let another team make your choice for you no on way. your franchise quarterback. 100% agree with that. And, and that's that's ultimately what this comes down to. Stuff could happen you know, if teams fall in love with Anthony Richardson. That just gives the Cardinals more options. But either way, they're either going to have the, the potential to take Will Anderson or trade that pick. That 
as we sit here right now on March 10th, I don't think that's going to change. I mean, if the Bears take Will Anderson, you can trade the pick to whoever wants C.J. Stroud. If the Bears trade their pick, you can take Will Anderson. Like, you're going to get yes. one of those two. No, I'm with you. Just ideally, nice. ideally, you would have teams fall in love with Anthony Richardson, too, and then that way you kind of control what option you go with. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. All right, we got ASU and U of A round three tonight. It's also round three of the Pac-12 tournament, and it would absolutely solidify ASU in March Madness. They probably already should be there, but still. Tim Healy, voice of the Sun Devils, going to join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hi, you hear the music. It's a big game coming up. It's another late start. 9.30 tonight, ASU U of A, round three of the Pac-12 tournament. 9.30 on a Friday night in Vegas. I guess it's 8.30 there. Vegas, baby. Uh, Tim Healy is joining us. The voice of the Sun Devils joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now. Tim, thank you for the time. How are you doing? Doing great, Luke. Uh, like you said, it's like Pac-12 way after dark here in Vegas with these uh, late nights. But uh, so far, late night has been kind uh, for the Sun Devils with uh, two big wins here in the tournament. And, boy, I can't tell you how jazzed up everybody is here for an ASU U of A Pac-12 tournament semifinal for the right to play for the conference championship tomorrow. And, uh, and, and you know, as you mentioned, uh, uh, Arizona State's NCAA tournament bid could perhaps be locked up with a win here tonight as well. So, so much riding on the game, two arch rivals. It's going to be like McHale Center North here with uh, thousands and thousands of Arizona fans uh, flee, uh, uh, fl- flooding the streets of Las Vegas to cheer their team on. And we're hopeful some Devils fans are going to make the drive up uh, through Wickenburg and Kingman up to Vegas to join us here for tonight's game. Yeah, no, Timmy, it, it, it's going to be fantastic. But before we look to the future, let's look at the past and what happened last night. Give me your impressions of what you saw last night and why it should be encouraging going into tonight. Yeah, well, if it's... Uh the first half last night was one of the best halves of basketball the Sun Devils played all year. There, uh, they had three games this year that where they were extraordinary uh, in the quality of their play. Their win over Michigan in the championship game of the Legends Classic in Brooklyn way back in mid-November, and then they had a, a game against Oregon in Eugene on January 12th where they won 90 to 73, just blew out the Ducks, uh, dominated start to finish, and then the game in Tucson a couple weeks ago everyone you know remembers the last shot by des cambridge and you you and luke had me on to talk about that uh, play a couple weeks ago and and of course that's the memory in everybody's minds but uh, to me my memory is that it was the capper to a great great college basketball game and the sun devils played really well particularly on the offensive end of the floor in that game and last night boy they were extraordinary in the first half they were making shots uh they defended beautifully i think uh, usc shot below 30 percent in the first half uh it was just a tremendous all-around effort and then they built up a lead substantial enough to allow them to withstand uh, the usc run that you know would eventually come and uh, it did but uh, the devils held on 
ended a seven-game losing streak to the Trojans and a good way to catapult them into tonight's uh, tournament semifinal. We're talking to Tim Healy. Uh, Tim, the the late start, you know, on on the one hand, I was talking about this a couple of days ago, like it's kind of tough to impress the selection committee when you're playing games that start at midnight on the East Coast. But on the other hand, they've already had success now two nights in a row playing at 9.30 Arizona time. Maybe not the worst thing that they're playing at the same time again here tonight. I would imagine if the selection committee is doing its due diligence, Luke, it doesn't matter what time the games are played. They they need to be aware of and take notice of who's playing when and, you know, who's possibly, you know, earning their way into the tournament. So, I, I you know, I don't think that will be a factor. And in some ways, I kind of like uh, these late starts because, uh, uh, like, one thing that impressed me yesterday, uh, Bobby had very little physical activity on the the uh, uh, itinerary for the team yesterday it was all about rest and restoration. You know, when you're playing, uh, you know, Arizona State's going to have to play four games in four nights to uh, win the tournament championship. Tonight will be their third consecutive game in three days. And, uh, you know, the team, the kids were able to sleep in this morning. Breakfast was from 1045 to noon Vegas time here. And they just had a film session. And I think they're just going to go back to the room and rest some more. They're going to have some more film and a walkthrough late this afternoon uh, here at the hotel and then it's heading over to the gym and playing and you know by this time in a conference tournament you're very familiar with all of your opponents and especially uh, you know we played USC last week we played Arizona two weeks ago so there will be a lot of familiarity there and if it's UCLA in the championship game if Arizona State gets there uh, they played the Bruins last week as well so uh, I think Bobby's done a really good job of managing the time to give them uh, prime time to uh, rest and restore their bodies to get ready to play their highly physical, up-tempo style that they want to play. So, Timmy, does tonight's game factor into the Sun Devils' chance of making the tournament, or is the hay already in the barn? Either way. That's the $64,000 question. My take on it is Wednesday night when they played Oregon State, I a win was not going, and this is just my opinion, a win would not guarantee the Devils they'd be in the tournament, but a loss to Oregon State would have guaranteed that they would not get in the tournament. So they got that win out of their way. I would like to think that last night's win would punch their ticket to the tournament, possibly go into the play-in game if need be. If they win tonight, I can almost guarantee you they'll be in the tournament, and I can almost, almost guarantee you that they will not have to go to Dayton and play in a play-in game. Mm. And then if they win tomorrow night, if they get to tomorrow night and win, then everything's moot because they will have earned the automatic bid as the uh, tournament champions. So um, so much riding on it tonight, but I, I, I think... That, I would feel a lot more comfortable um, about my uh, mood on Selection Sunday this coming weekend if they get a win tonight. If if they fall to the Wildcats, uh, I still think they have a shot to get in, but uh, they're going to have to do a lot of scoreboard watching over the next few days and see what goes on in other conference tournaments and other bubble teams and how they perform. Talking to Tim Healy. Uh, Tim, do you have a sense of, of how they're approaching these? I mean, there's a lot they can't control as, as far as March Madness, but are they looking at this as just, hey, if we win tonight, we're in the Pac-12 championship? Is, is that more what they are focusing their attention on? 
I think it's it's just literally the one game at a time, a mantra, and it, it, it's just one of those things, Luke. Where if you just if you win the game in front of you, just continue to win games, everything will take care of itself. And I think it, maybe it helps a little bit the fact that it's their rival tonight, and uh, you know, and, and this team uh, just seems to be a team that seems to play up to the level not only of its opposition, but they play up to the level of the moment. Uh, they're 5-0 and this year in neutral site games. You know, they've played neutral site games in big arenas, Barclays Center in Brooklyn, uh, T-Mobile, or the Mandalay Bay Arena in Las Vegas when they beat Creighton back in December. Now two wins at uh, beautiful T-Mobile Arena in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, they seem to thrive on the moment. I think they kind of thrive on being the underdog. It's, it's going to be like an Arizona home game tonight. Uh, I can You can rest assured of that. And uh, yet in an actual Arizona home game three, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Sun Devils went down to Tucson and uh, mm-hmm. had one of their best wins of the season. I know U of A fans will say, yeah, it took a miracle shot to beat them. But, you know, I got news for them. Arizona State hung 86 points on the Wildcats before Des Cambridge unleashed his shot to uh, win the ball game. It was a tremendous college basketball game, and I would uh, hope for uh, more tonight. The one key, the one thing you might keep an eye on, though, is this will be ASU's third game in three nights. Uh, will fatigue start to set in? Will the legs start to get a little wobbly? Whereas Arizona will only be playing its second game of the tournament, having gotten a first-round bye. But uh, if the Devils can maintain their physical energy, um, I think they've got a shot, and it's just going to be a lot of fun to watch tonight. Yeah, I, I tell you, Tim, I wouldn't mind for an exact repeat of what we saw on February 25th all the way down to the Cambridge 60-footer at the end. Uh, Tim, thanks a lot, man. We'll be listening and watching tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you, Timmy. That's that's Tim Healy, voice of the Sun Devils, joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Boy, this is how, how great is this, right? I mean, you're playing for a chance to get into March Madness, to get into the Pac-12 tournament championship game, and you're playing your bitter rivals from the South. Doesn't get any better than that. That's huge. Uh, all right, final segment of the show coming up. The Madness tips off next week, and with it comes your chance to win the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. So text Bucks to six twenty six twenty to sign up and receive your bracket and compete for your shot at over $3,000 worth of prizes. If you register before Sunday, you're going to be entered to win a $200 gift card courtesy of Mavericks and Scottsdale as well. So text BUCKS to 620-620. When we come back, it's been a busy week around the world of sports. That might be an understatement. We'll get you caught up on everything with our work week wrap-up. Next, it's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, it is time for the work week wrap up. I don't think we did this last week. Wolf, you weren't here, and we were like, we're not going to do it if Wolf's not here. (laughs) Retired it for one week. Appreciate that. So here we go. Everything that happened this week in like not even 10 minutes, I should stop talking and start going. Monday. Monday, how about uh, Devin Booker winning Western Conference Player of the Week? See the shots that I took wet like a book. Yeah. And he had an even better game this week without. They didn't play much this week. They played one game this week. Look, just lit it up. Lit the lamp. Fantastic. Love, love Devin Booker. We take him for granted so much of the time. Do we not base it on this? I don't know. This is a smoldering, awesome piece of talent that goes out and competes like he's anything but. 
And that's what makes him special. Uh, on to Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday, Bobby Hurley on with Bickley and Murata, and he was pretty frustrated. This is before the Pac-12 tournament even started. We have to go above and beyond just to put ourselves in a conversation to, to be in. And, uh, you know, I stand by, you know, our top four wins. I mean, it's at Arizona, at Oregon, Michigan, VCU. You can throw out Colorado. And, I mean, we've had some really good wins this year. And, uh, and just one bad loss. You know, we had one bad loss in overtime early in the season, the third game of the season. So if you're going to be fatally judged by the third game of the season, we maybe shouldn't have played the rest of the year. Do you throw USC in there in the top four wins of this season? Last night. Yeah, that's, I mean, considering what was on the line, it's got to be, it's got to be right up there. And, you know, another team, they beat Michigan's also, they're on probably the wrong side of the bubble now. He's definitely hinting at a double standard. I think a lot of coaches that aren't coaching at like North Carolina or Duke hint at that sometimes. I'm 100% in agreement with him if they don't get in now after beating last night. When he said that earlier this week, I was like, you put yourself in a tough spot. You got to go out there and win two games in the Pac-12 tournament. They've done it now. So that, now they have produced. Be easier, though, if you just go out and beat uh, you. You love that question right there. Produce. That's a good question. Uh, how about Zach Gallen? Made his 2023 Cactus League debut, and it wasn't uh, wasn't very Zach Gallen-like. Four earned runs, and he also walked four in just two innings of work. Here's Mike Fitzgerald. His goal is to be ready to go come regular season kickoff. Um, and so throughout the way, part of pursuing growth and, and improvement and hunting different ways uh, that he can outdo what he's done in the past and continue to get better is to experiment with some stuff and, and play around with some things. I was trying to produce a question right there. I just couldn't put I think Zach, we all know Zach's going to be the opening day starter. We all know that. Yeah. Why are you trying to reinvent the wheel with like six minutes left in the week? Exactly. I'm trying to produce here. How uh, about the Coyotes uh, beating St. Louis 6-2, to two, their first win since the trade deadline? Played that song 16 times against St. Louis in three games. This Man, the control all fired up in there. No, they put the stuff in here just so they can yeah. dance. Uh, on Apparently. to Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday, Suns owner Matt Ishbia on Bickley and Murata. I guess I don't focus too much on what everyone else says and thinks, but I I, I I don't back down from any of that. Right. So first off, the owners. Owners have been nothing but great. You know, they've been great people, friendly, helpful, excited, even after the trade. Like they've, they, they've been great. And so I don't feel that ripple there. However, what I'd say is this. I'm not afraid of crossing waves. We're going to do what's best for the Phoenix Suns and Phoenix Mercury all the time. I love listening to Matty Ish. I can't get enough of him. Yeah, he's like Sean McVay, except saying good things about the Suns. Uh, Kelvin Beecham was on with Burns and Gambo, and apparently everybody was listening to this. What does he have to do, in your opinion, to be great? Grow up. Give me an example. Be a man, grow up. Like it's not, it's not complicated. You got to be a leader of men. Period. And he's not right now. He's maturing, but he's not there yet. He's not there. It's not, it's there not, a, it's not a completed process. It's not, it's not a completed process. All right. Yeah. Once again, he's got to mature. He's got to continue to mature. I agree with Calvin Beecham in that regard. Uh, also on Wednesday, Kevin Durant making his home debut. Except he didn't make his home debut. Here's John Bloom. We just found out that. Uh, Kevin Durant is not going to play tonight due to left ankle soreness, and it may have to do with him slipping during a warm-up. Even John Bloom sounded a little bit down right there. He was. 
<laughs> a little. <laughs> Bloomer was a little done right there. By his standards. I think it was the slipping thing that got him. Yeah. Yeah, and Bloomer thought he slipped. He didn't slip. He just rolled his ankle. In retrospect, I think I wish he would have just uh, slipped. I, I wish he would have slipped. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but also in that game, Devin Booker went off 44 points. Suns win by 31. That that definitely got lost in the shuffle. The 31-point win over a team that is still in the play-in hunt. Here's Booker after the game. You know, the city's been waiting on this. It's a big day. Um, you know, we'll reschedule the party. Uh, I'm sure they'll be back. People that missed out on tonight, I, you know, I tried to give them a little something um, to make it better. But, you know, we're still anticipating his, his debut here. Book makes a lot of things better. Does he not, brothers? He does. Uh, ASU men's basketball starts off the Pac-12 tournament with a win over Oregon State, 63-57. Akano with six seconds. Akano hoists up a three. Caught by Retai. He turns, shoots it up. No good. Rebound is tipped to Retai, and that's the ball game. And the Sun Devils survive in advance with a first-round victory in the Pac-12 tournament. That's all you can do. Definitely, if they hadn't won that game, they weren't getting into the tournament. No, they were not. They beat Oregon State. Ron Wolfley reporting. Next. Thursday. This is Thursday. Cardinals get a trio of 2023 compensatory draft picks. Number 96, number 168, and number 213. And then the Suns announced that KD sustained a left ankle sprain. He will be reevaluated in three weeks. Here's Stephen A. I'm not going to say he's a pivotal piece. I'm going to say he is the piece. There is no title. There, there, there are no title aspirations that are reasonable for the Phoenix Suns without Kevin Durant. It starts and ends with him. If he ain't there, they don't have a snowball's chance in hell. Let's just get that out the way first. Goodness. All right, How do you really feel about that, Stephen A.? Stop mincing words, Stephen A. Meanwhile, the Coyotes win again, this time 4-1 over Nashville. And you got ASU beating USC 77-72, so they move on again. Here's Bobby Hurley. Just really pleased, you know, with our performance tonight, uh, the way we started, how efficient we were on offense. Uh, guys really stepped up in, in a big game and uh, got us off to a great sh- uh, start, especially in the offensive end. And- Keep it going. You ready for Friday? You look like you might be ready for Friday. I'm ready for Friday. It's Friday. 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 Cardinals restructuring uh, DJ Humphrey's contract to clear $5.333 million in cap space. Here's Jonathan Gannon. I have a very high opinion of DJ. I know Clayton and Chris are ready to work with him. He's been a really good player for a long time. Had to go against them a couple different times, and he's a, he's a tough matchup for outside edge players in the pass and run game. So uh, he's got phenomenal football character. You know, he's a guy I've already leaned on since I've been in the job to gain some information and pick his brain a little bit. You know, one of the things I love about JG is he does believe in physicality. It's it's something that he's going to bring to this team. I truly believe that. And it starts on the line of scrimmage with offensive linemen. And DJ Humphreys start barking, dog. Uh, he identified DJ Humphreys pretty early. Also, Greg Dortch announcing his return to the Cardinals. That was today. And ASU t- 
taking on U of A in the Pac-12 tournament semifinals. Tip-off 9.30 on the Arizona Sports app and, of course, 98.7. All right, that's it for us here today. Thanks, Darren Maloney, Jesse Morrison behind the glass. For Wolf, I'm Luke. we got Burns and Gibbo next on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Peace. And it's Please. La, da, 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 da